Now, friends, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. If you've been on social media or on the television or been on your internet feeds, you've probably noticed that there is a fresh movement of the Holy Spirit happening throughout our nation, and not only in our nation, not only in the state of Kentucky, but out into the world. And it started in a little place called Wilmore, Kentucky. When we lived there, we called it Wiltucky. And uh, it's a tiny little hole-in-the-wall town that contains a, a college campus, now a university campus, and a seminary campus. Now, I happen to have the privilege of being a graduate of Asbury Theological Seminary, but did not do my undergraduate at Asbury, although many of my colleagues that I know have been on that campus. Three weeks ago, revival broke out at Asbury uh, College University, as you might be aware of, and there's just been a fresh manifestation and presence of the power of the Holy Spirit of God falling on hearts that are confessing sin and just wanting the everything of God and, and therefore desiring to give everything to God. Now, what's been amazing about this, friends, is it cannot be contained. It hasn't been able to be contained. It hasn't been able to be contained in the walls of Hughes Chapel. It hasn't been able to be contained into the sanctuaries that it's been spilling out to in the Wilmore area. It hasn't been contained as it's gone to Lee University and Sanford University and now secular college campuses like Texas A&M University and uh, I, I just now heard um, Baylor University uh, and, and other places, a, a college in, in Pennsylvania. It's spreading and, and now, friends, it's out into the world. It's out into the world in places like uh, um, um, Nigeria, in the Philippines, and I have saw the Haitian people are breaking out in revival. It is an unstoppable force of the Holy Spirit, and what it's doing is, is it's giving us a global perspective, a worldwide perspective of all the people that God desires to reach beyond the United States of America. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today. I wanna talk to you about God's worldwide movement. Now, we understand that at Rolling Plains because every December we do something called Advent Conspiracy. And in Advent Conspiracy, we take the opportunity to usually pick two or three, mainly three projects, to bless people around the, need, around the world that are in desperate need beyond the needs we have to be able to give each other another Christmas gift that we probably don't really need. This year, we sponsored one of those such projects, uh, the Ukrainian refugees and the challenges and struggles they had. And back in February, we did a rice pack. We packed 70,000 meals for those refugees displaced in the Ukraine, and what an incredible blessing that was. Our community came out alongside of us and we packed those meals together. And so friends, we focus on the needs around the globe every year around Advent Conspiracy. We've sent missionaries to Haiti, uh, out in, into, into Europe. we sent missionaries to Guatemala and other places beyond these states. But also during the year, we meet needs in our community and our nation. And what it teaches us is that God's church is not limited to the United States of America. Did you know that? God's church is not limited to our cultural context, that the local church is powerful all over the globe. Now, I've been on the ground, and I've set feet in places like Guatemala, and I've walked through the markets there, and I've seen Guatemalans sharing their faith openly with the good news of Jesus Christ in street markets. I've been on the ground in Haiti two different times and, and, and walking and watching people walk to church on a Sunday. Now, they get there on Sunday, but they start walking on Saturday. You know what I'm talking about, friends? They're walking all night long just to get to church on Sunday morning, and in some cases, they can't even get in the church building because the churches are so full. They're standing out in the parking lot, but they don't care because they just want to get close to their Jesus, friends. I've had the privilege of witnessing with boots on the ground 
in places like Vietnam that are hungry for God's word, a communist country that isn't open to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet people are laying it all on the line to get a cold of God's word and to share it with their loved ones and families. I've been to places like Belize and Mexico and Costa Rica. I have witnessed God's church alive and around the globe. Marcy, I know you have too. Around the globe, we've witnessed God's church alive and well, a multilingual, multi-ethnic, multicultural God movement of his people, and that is the picture that God has for his church. If you want to look at Revelation chapter 7, we're going to put that up on the screen, verses 9 to 10. Here's what God says. I looked there before me, and there was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb of God. Friends, this is God's vision for God's church, God's vision for his future church, that the Lord God is a God of the whole world. The Lord God is a God of the whole world. The fullness of God's intentions for his creation is to be a worldwide movement of Christ followers. And right about now, our heart starts asking some human questions like, like this. Well, why do we minister or give attention to needs around the world when we have needs in our own context and community? Am I talking to some of the right people right about now? Like that question stirs in our hearts. And I'll tell you, even for me, that question sometimes stirs up. Why, why would we give attention to needs around the globe when in the middle of our own context, we have needs right here? And those, those questions are really on display in two major areas today in our culture and in our nation. One around the struggles that we see in the Ukraine. And the idea of the thousands and millions and millions of dollars of aid that's going there, the fact that our church would send 70,000 meals there. As a matter of fact, when we posted uh, the celebration of our church packing 70,000 meals for Ukrainian refugees, we had somebody from our community that negatively commented on that and said, well, this is, this is why I, I don't care for Rolling Plains Church. It's because you pay attention to the needs around the globe, and, and yet we have so many needs here. And so this question, friends, is a very real question for all of us. And you want to know what God says, whether we should focus on needs here in our community or needs around the world. You know what God's answer to that is? Yes. God's answer is yes. He's a both-and God. He wants us to pay attention to needs around the world, and he wants us to pay attention to needs in our community. He wants us to pay attention to needs in our community and needs in our nation and needs around the globe. And, and this, this sermon series is to begin to, to, to work in that area where we, we are closed-minded or closed off to God's global perspective of his kingdom. We're going to acknowledge that our daily spiritual lives are tied to our homes, are tied to our local congregation, and tied to our community as a center of our spiritual universe, as it should be, friends, as it should be. Our faith is best nurtured in personal relationships, after all. I mean, we grow better together. We grow most in our walk beside others in worship and alongside of others in Bible studies and small group experiences. We grow better together with other people walking through service projects and going on outreaches together. But it can be so easy to get caught up in our own little world. It can be so easy to get caught up in our own little church, in our own little communities. As life hurdles on, we don't even consider the fact that God is working on a larger global scale of God's global vision, friends. Oh, friends, we need God to grow a larger worldview in us. We do. We need God to grow a larger worldview in us. And so here's the warning. 
The warning is, is that when we look to his bigger picture, when we finally do look to his bigger picture, it is easy to just enlarge our picture of what church looks like here and to go ahead and apply it to all other churches around the globe, like all other churches will probably be or should be like we are here at Rolling Plains. Or we assume that our context of church and the needs that we see here are similar to the worldwide church and also similar to the levels of suffering around the globe. Friends, I've set foot in Haiti. I can tell you uh, that the average American has no idea what suffering looks like. The average American has no idea what suffering looks like until you put boots on the ground in a place like Haiti and you get a chance to, to, to hear, see, smell, taste, and touch the brokenness there. See, what we have to understand is, is that God desires for us to broaden our view, the level of suffering around the globe. God's big picture provides a much different and broader view. I mean, think about it. Rolling Plains Church, we are connected to more than 13 million Methodist congregations across the globe, and that also includes new Methodist movements that are springing up in places we're also connected across denominational lines beyond the Methodist church. We're connected with other churches that profess Jesus Christ as Lord, that, that God has been building over the last 2,000 years as he's been building his church. We are not the only valid church. That's a Wesleyan theological principle. We don't think we're the only game in town. We don't think we're the only ones that have it going on. I know that for a fact because, again, my Thursday morning prayer group with other pastors in the area at 9 a.m. at the Salvation Army most of the time, I'm the only Methodist in the group. And there's, there's 10 or 11 or 12 other pastors that are meeting together. And, and our prayers and our fellowship is so much richer with full gospel pastors and Bible Methodist pastors and United Methodist pastors and Baptists and Salvation Army and Church of God. And then we come together at the end of the year around August and we put on something called Putnam Jam Fest. And Putnam Jam Fest is a ministry that isn't worried about the name above the, 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 the doorpost of an individual church, but is worried about the name above all names, and that is Jesus Christ. And promoting Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting and broken community, friends. And so we work locally and globally, and we are concerned about what denomination we represent. We're concerned about the person and work of Jesus Christ and the needs of our world, friends and the needs of our world. You see, the needs we see locally are not the only needs. We need God's help to broaden our worldview to a church that sees and seeks to bring healing restoration to all of God's creation. And during some of these disaffiliation talks and conversations we've had, people have concerned themselves by saying, if we left the United Methodist Church, would we still be able to be a part of things like uh, uh, UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, and all the work that they're doing? And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, Mark Chow, our district superintendent, was here a couple of weeks ago and answered that very question to say, of course, we're all in this together. It doesn't matter the name of your denomination. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter uh, what your faith is. If, if we have an organization that wants to help people, all people can be involved in and help with that. Listen, do you think that the United Methodist Committee on Relief is going to turn down money from the Baptists to bless people around the world? They're not turning down that money, friends. Do you, do you think that they're gonna turn down people from the Presbyterian church that wanna go on a mission trip with them? They're not, they're not turning that down. Why? Because it is the name of Jesus Christ that matters and it is God's global movement and mission that we're a part of that matters. That's what matters, friends. And so whether we're Bible Methodists or Baptists or Salvation Army or Global Methodists or United Methodists or Methodists or, 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 or Presbyterians, what matters is, is that God is using all of us around the globe to be brothers and sisters in Christ, to share the saving knowledge of Jesus with people and to meet needs along the way. You see, God 
wants us to not only meet local needs, but needs with a broader worldview to a church that sees and seeks to bring healing and restoration to all of God's creation. So our mission is local and global. Our mission is local and global. Look what it says in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God covers it all. He, he, says, he says, you're going to be my witnesses locally, nationally, and internationally, and, and, and to the least and the last, and oh, by the way, to the ends of the earth. Well, how do you know that, Pastor John? Well, well that's what God's Word says. He says, I want you to be, uh, be my witnesses in Zanesville. That's what he says. That's what Jerusalem is. Jerusalem is our local community. That was the local community then. And so he says, I, I, says I, I want you to be my witnesses in America. Well, uh, well how do you know that, Pastor John? Because well, it, it talks about Judea, and Judea was their nation. That was a nation that they were connected to. And, and, and God says to us, and I want, you to, I want you to be my witnesses to the least, the last, and the lost, those people on the other side of the quote-unquote rail, railroad tracks or the people that we might claim out loud with disgrace, uh, the undesirables of our community or our world, because he says, well, I want you to minister in Samaria. And that's exactly what he was meaning by Samaria. Samaritans were, were people that, that the average Jew just walked right by and didn't touch in those days. And he says, oh, by the way, if you don't get that, then let's just, let's just cover it all over with the ends of the earth. He's calling us to the ends of the earth. Friends, he's calling us to minister to all people. We are co-laborers with the power of the Holy Spirit and a conduit of God delivering healing salvation to all of his creation in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God is calling us to be a global church, friends. In Genesis chapter 11, there's a really, really interesting passage of Scripture. This is going to be a little bit of extra, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it to the first book of the Bible. We're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 11, and, uh, and we're, going to, we're going to read through the first nine verses. Well, Pastor John is going to attempt to do that because I have been uh, um, doing the best that I can, and I have to bring my cheater glasses out here, but pretty soon it's going to have to happen up here. Uh, pray for me, will you? Pray for me. It's a, little, it's a little bit of vainness there. I don't know what that's all about, but anyways... Um, so in chapter 11 of Genesis, it reads this, starting in verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Well, that doesn't sound good, does it? and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said it is one people speaking the same language. They have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. It was God's intentions to scatter them over the face of the whole earth. Friends, this is a story of the Tower of Babel, and some of you may be familiar with it, and some of you may not. As a recap of what we've just read, basically, all people were speaking the same language, and they were making a huge tower and monument and idol unto themselves themselves 
a, a huge monument and tower under their own culture and their own language to unify everybody. And their arrogance in doing so angers God to the point where he halts their project and puts a snafu in it by confusing their language and therefore then scattering them across the earth. And so, friends, what we learn from this passage it is, is that it is tempting to resist God's scattering. It is tempting to resist God's scattering. And we assume that our own culture, we assume that our own language is God's fullest intentions for all of creation. We, we, we assume that Amer the American church is the only church. We, can, we assume that the American projection of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only projection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we see here that it is God's intentions in the next chapter of Genesis chapter 12 as he forms a missional covenant with Abraham at the very beginning of time that requires him to leave his home, to leave all that is familiar to him, and to release God's blessings and abundance out into the world. We see God's true intentions. So let's move from Genesis 11 to now Genesis 12 where we see God's true intentions. It says, the Lord has said to Abram, if you're following along on the screen, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So friends, according to God's word, scattering leads to a blessing over all of the nations. That's what he's promising to Abraham. And oh, by the way, he's also promising that as Abraham scatters his seed, scatters his family and his children throughout the globe and the world, it also brings a blessing to him. The people that receive the message are blessed and the people that are messengers of the message are blessed. And friends, after all, Jesus came as the ultimate fulfillment of being sent out. Jesus came as the ultimate example of being scattered. I mean, he himself left the friendly confines of heaven and came to earth as, by the way, a descendant of Abraham who gave his, us his mandate to the Great Commission to go into all the world and scatter and spread the good news and multiply, friends. So we see this congruency from Genesis all the way to Revelation of God calling us to gather us in order to scatter us in order to gather us again. God's divine blessing is delivered through the scattering of his people. This is the message of the entirety of God's word. And you see, as we become conduits for his redemptive action into the world, it allows the richness of our cultures and, and the passion for Christ and the church to influence and grow us from other cultures. You see, if you've ever been on a mission trip, You'll know this, that you come back far more blessed than those that you go to minister to because their experience of Jesus opens your eyes to a whole new way of receiving the presence of the Holy Spirit in ways you've not experienced before in your own culture. Well, because we're only, you know, we're only familiar with what we know in our own culture, and God expands our vision. You see, friends, the Spirit of God is moving powerfully in the church around the world. The Spirit of God is alive and well. I mean, the Spirit of God is moving in places like Asbury and out into our nation and our world. And, and, and those stories have been told over and over again, stories like Lauren Anderson, our missionary from Guatemala, a missionary friend of mine personally and many of yours who attended our church years ago. I was on the phone with him last month or a month and a half ago, and he still talks about Guatemala even though he's not physically able to be there. He still prays for Guatemala. He's in touch with his son who's in ministry there in Guatemala. He's telling me stories of conversions over the phone about what's happening in Guatemala and his heart for that place. We have our own Sharon Graves, who's a missionary out of Rolling Plains Church, who has a heart for Europe and, and all of the work that God is doing in that dark, dark continent and that God is bringing fresh light into places like Spain and other areas. 
We have stories of many of you from Rolling Plains Church that have been on the ground in Haiti and ministered to the needs of the Haitian people there and seen their hunger for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many you've been involved with and followed Gaston Ntumbo and his family in the Democratic Republic of the Congo in ministries called Wings of the Morning, which is a hospital and medical mission of a plane that will fly into the unreached areas of their nation and their country to go ahead and swoop up people that are struggling and almost dying and take them to get the medical needs that they, that they have in their lives at hospitals and other clinics. I've been to Vietnam, friends, as I've mentioned, three different times And I've watched pastors put their lives and their homes and their families on the line in order to be able to invite people to come to their own homes and to start house churches, friends. To start house churches in a country where it's illegal to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, where it's illegal to talk about God or or in some cases even for Americans to come in and hand out Bibles. I know this to be the case because when we were there, our bus got stopped for an hour on the side of the road by the local magistrate. Uh, that said they were detaining us because uh, they were told that we were handing out Bibles, and we really weren't physically handing out Bibles. We were talking about Jesus. And, and, and at, the, at the last minute, I believe an angel of the Lord came in on a motorcycle. It was an official-looking agent and talked to the magistrate, and the magistrate let us move on and go. But friends, there was grave concern in that country of the Bible being passed along from person to person. And I've seen Vietnamese pastors, most of them incarcerated at some point in time, most of them in trouble with the law for putting their own family and houses on the line. I've seen entire villages uh, in, in Vietnam coming to Christ. It's, it's, it's happening in a powerful way. Uh, our own church here planted a church, the first Christian expression in, in, in the small town of Pac Mau, Vietnam, in that part of Vietnam, the most communist area to the far north, past Hanoi, friends, almost on the Chinese border. And God is doing amazing things around the globe. I've broken bread. I've opened the word of God. I've had the privilege of praying with and serving with and being in fellowship some of the most remarkable people and hearing some of the most remarkable stories around the world and the globe. And I am a richer man because of it. I am a richer man because of it. I witnessed the Holy Spirit move and plant seeds and win souls against all odds in seemingly resistant cultures and impossible circumstances, places once that weren't even in my worldview. If you told me back in 2014 that I would go to Vietnam and that you could even go to Vietnam and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would have thought that you were crazy. It wasn't even on my radar. And all it took was one phone call and one invitation, and God turned my worldview upside down. Friends, God is alive and on the move around the globe. As I have experienced life with people all over the world, and I've experienced their needs, and I've experienced them needing something another person has has needed, and I've experienced me needing something that they've had. I've experienced God's diverse and powerful movement all around the globe that makes us richer. In Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. That means somebody in Guatemala that knows Jesus Christ is your brother. A a lady in the Ukraine that knows Jesus Christ is your sister. Somebody who's in Russia right now that knows Jesus Christ is your brother or sister, whether you like it or not, depending on how we feel about a certain place in our culture and society today. Friends, what it matters is, 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 matters is that it's Jesus. Jesus is what matters. And what matters is, is that God has a global worldview, a global vision for his kingdom. 
You see, we may live scattered around the globe, but we are brothers and sisters joined together in the purposes as the body of Christ with people around the world. You know, we can't be complete in Christ in isolation. We can't be complete in Christ in our own little American culture. We need each other. We need a global church. And so what spiritual treasures and blessings are missed when we remain in our babbles? That's kind of where I want to wrap things up for today. What spiritual treasures and blessings are missed when we remain in our babbles? What kind of insight and vision into God's holy work are we missing when we think that we are the only, the only language or the only culture or the only community that has needs in this world? You see, Pentecost continued to forward God's vision of a worldwide mission. You see, at Pentecost, in the book of Acts, we're told that the power of the Holy Spirit came down with a fresh wind and a fresh fire and engulfed the hearts of God followers. And everyone was hearing the message of God in their own language. And people, you see, from many nations had gathered in Jerusalem at that time for a feast and a festival. And now all of them were able to hear the message of Christ in their own language. Unlike Babel, they were able to hear the message of Christ in their own language. And then they returned home and scattered, and the word spreads. Now, friends, I don't know about you, but that day of Pentecost sounds a little bit like something that happened down in Wiltucky, Kentucky, a couple of weeks ago, that the Holy Spirit manifested himself in front of people. Did you, did you know that this, this, this was a global movement? Not, not, not just that it's spread around the globe, but one of the, one of the Asbury students did a project, and it's on the internet somewhere, and, and there's a picture of the, a map of the world, and there's all these pins and all these, these, uh, these little strings that connect the pins, and it all goes down to Wilmore, Kentucky. And what that is is, is that she started to, she started to uh, identify and document all the people from all the different countries that visited Wilmore in those three weeks, and there were representatives from all over the world. Guess what happened? They came from around the globe. They came to Wilmore, Kentucky. They got a little bit more Jesus. They got some Holy Spirit fire, and guess what God did with them? They didn't start building houses right there in Wilmore. They didn't, they didn't set down roots. God sent them back. God scattered them back across the globe to take that Holy Spirit fire somewhere else, and God is involved in that somewhere else around the world as a result of it. It's been a beautiful thing to watch as God gathers to be able to scatter. It's exactly what he did at the day of Pentecost, friends, in the book of Acts. You see, from so therefore, from Pentecost and this global revival that's happening, we can know that God values and delights in all of our languages, all of our cultures, all over the world, all over the world. And, and Rolling Plains Methodist Church, we, we, are not, we are just a small part of God's global movement. Together, connected with other churches and cultures, people across the globe, we become a fulfillment of God's vision and future church bringing healing and reconciliation and salvation as God's scattered people that are eternally connected, friends. You see, it is God's plan for God's church to be scattered and connected as a fulfillment of Revelation 7, which is what we started our sermon with today, to bring God glory, to bring God glory, and scatter people to be light and to be hope to all of the nations and to bridge cultural divides. Seeing people's differences, friends, it brings a different set of values and purposes for, the, for life than ones of a destructive dictator in countries where the, all they know is a destructive dictator. You know, seeing people's differences brings a different set of values and purposes for life than ones of a communist regime or a tribal conflict when that's all you've lived in and known. And, and, and seeing a different set of values and purposes for life 
than the ones of a church that is acquiescing to its culture is a view that gives us a brand new view. What's been amazing to me over the course of two and a half decades is to watch that it has been predominantly African United Methodists that have held the line of 2,000 years of traditional biblical teaching in the denomination. And without the presence of those African believers, the, the, the walls would have fallen down a long time ago, which is kind of where we are right now. And those, you see, those Africans enriched our understanding and held us committed to 2,000 years of biblical teaching. And if it wasn't for that connection globally, well, the American or the Western church would have, would have caved into the culture a long, long time ago. Oh, friends, God is joining us together in mission with others as a fulfillment of God's glory that all things are being made new. They're using it as a tool to bring God's blessings and healing and reconciliation and salvation to all of the nations, all of the languages, and all of our cultures. In Revelation chapter 21, the Bible says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and the new of God is coming, friends. Oh, this is a vision. This is God's mission that is he, he, to bring his holistic healing to all of creation. It's God's vision and mission to make his home among all people from every nation, every language, every culture around the globe, making all things new. And at the heart of that is God's call to his church to be a global fulfillment of the revelation image, a community, friends, a community of faith transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in which differences in culture and ethnicity may remain but does not divide or define God's movement and his people. Oh, friends, we are going to scatter in order to redeem the world as we are reminded we are connected as Methodists around the world and God desires for a global church, friends, a global church. Here's some action steps and we're done. We're going to we're going to land the missionary plane right, right here. Number one, consider a call to be a foreign missionary. Friends, it's many a sermons like this that lights a spark in somebody's heart that has been praying about it or, or have had, has had a nudge from God to step out in faith and, 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 and in some cases pack up everything and, and go to a foreign place, country, that they've never been to before to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or maybe for you you're, you, you're now fired up to figure out when that next missionary trip is going to be and to be a part of it. Consider a call to be a foreign missionary. That's not everybody's response. But secondly, all of us can do this. Look into a need in another country. Look into a need in another country. When was the last time we paid attention to a need in a country outside of our own? And then at the same time, pay attention to the needs in our own country. Pay attention to the needs in our community because it's also easy to close our eyes and drive by all of the problems thinking somebody else is going to take care of it when God is expecting you to be the somebody else, friends. So look into a need in another country. Look into a need in your own community. And then thirdly, pray for Rolling Plains to return to global mission trips. Friends, the pandemic kind of shut down worldwide travel especially. And uh, we've, we found it difficult to regain footholds in going to Haiti and Guatemala and other places. Uh, one of the challenges in Haiti right now is the severe political unrest. It's just not safe for people to travel there right now. We're even hearing that from some of our missionaries on the ground there. 
But will you pray as a church to say, Lord, show us the right time to return to a Guatemala. Show us the right time to return to Haiti or, or return to Vietnam. And, and, and maybe there's another country out there. Maybe, maybe God wants us to take a team and go to Belize or, 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 or someplace in Africa. I don't know what God wants to do, but maybe we, God wants to send us to the Ukraine. I don't know, but let's pray about it as God's church. Let's allow God to stir our hearts towards his new and beautiful thing and see what he's leading us to, friends. You see, God is not just interested in local needs and ministry. God is not just interested in global needs and ministry. God is interested in it all. He says yes to the whole thing. He wants us involved in all of the above. Will you pray with me, friends? Lord God, we humble ourselves before you here and now today. And uh, it is so amazing how you want to use us to change lives not only in our own homes, our own communities, neighborhoods, and this nation, but you want to use us to influence and change lives around the world. And Lord God, would you allow the realities of the revival fire of Pentecost and the reality that we are experiencing a modern-day Pentecost right now in our nation and world with this revival that's broken out, would you, Lord God, would you tie our hearts to it? Would you allow the embers of of the fire of your spirit, the, the embers of revival to fall into our hearts And would you expand our view and vision of the work that it is you want to do, not just locally, but around the globe, but also locally as well. Lord God, today, would you give us a picture that you have gathered us in this church so that as we leave out of here and receive your word, you're now gonna scatter us out into our community. Some of us are gonna go to ball games or families' houses today or or relax and hop on Facebook, but wherever we are scattered to, Lord God, that you're gonna use us to spread the good news of your son, Jesus Christ to all the places that we go and all the people that we come in contact with. Because, Lord God, you have a global worldview for your kingdom, Lord God. And the only name above the door that matters is the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord God, we thank you for this Wesleyan Methodist faith that you've given us to better understand and live into your word and your purposes in our life. And we pray for your brand new thing, Lord God, we pray for unity of spirit in our congregation, and we are ready for you to do new and amazing things this day. Lord God, would you guide us and lead us to incredible places. We trust in you and you alone. Stir in our hearts, Lord God, and would you refine out any evil way? Would you refine in your refining fire out any sin in our life, Lord God? And would you do your brand new in us, in our church, and in our world? It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said together, amen, friends, amen. Well, the altar is gonna be open, and there's something about coming to the altar